Welcome to the Counselors of Real Estate's Top 10 in Podcast Series. In these 10-minute episodes, we'll discuss one of the prevailing 2021-22 Top 10 issues affecting real estate. I'm your host, Jonathan Shine, CRE, and CEO and Executive Director of the Real Estate Limited Partner Institute in New York. The Counselors of Real Estate are trusted advisors finding solutions to complex real estate challenges. Experienced, innovative, and credentialed problem solvers, counselors practice in 21 countries and offer expertise in more than 60 real estate disciplines across all asset types and classes. Each has earned the prestigious CRE designation. Our guest for this episode is Dr. Hugh Kelly, CRE, principal of the consultancy Hugh Kelly Real Estate Economics in New York and chair of the Fordham University Real Estate Institute's Master's Degree Curriculum Committee. He served as global chair of the Counselors of Real Estate in 2014. Hugh has authored the narrative supporting the number seven issue on this year's compilation of top 10 issues affecting real estate, political polarization. That's a fun one. To review all the issues in this year's report, visit CRE.org slash top 10. So welcome, Hugh. Good to be with you again, uh, Jonathan. Ray. So as we know, we are living in a complicated, angry, and divisive country, a loosely bound hole made of two sides, seemingly incapable of bipartisanship. Is there any hope? Well, yes. <laughs> Good uh, answer. We can go uh, on. I, you know, I, I don't take the, the, the counsel of despair, uh, which gets us nowhere, right? No. Despair is paralyzing, uh, and it short sells the future. And, uh, you know, I don't fall uh, into either the inaction or the retrenchment uh, uh, camp. Um, Our divisions go back into the colonial period. You know, in, in 1796, George Washington gave his famous uh, farewell address in which he warned us about divisions and factions. And uh, I'll have to say no one paid attention to him then and they haven't paid attention ever since. We've dealt with furious divisions in this country uh, in the past. You know, the Civil War, Reconstruction, the 1960s, right? Sure. Um, And others that were equally divisive, but now may seem a bit quaint. Women's suffrage, for example, divided the nation. The gold standard divided the nation. Prohibition divided the nation. And people were up in arms over these things. And now we look back and see them as as things that we have transcended, right? Right. So I think that that's important. The other thing that gives me hope is to get beyond the parochialism of the United States. There are numerous examples around the world of even deeper divisions that have been overcome. You know, I got, I got my doctor from the University of Ulster in Northern Ireland. Oh. You know, Northern Ireland's troubles were reconciled in the Good Friday Accords. You think of post-colonial India and Gandhi's ability to, to nonviolently overcome the divisions, not just between Britain and, and India, but within the factions in India. You think of South Africa and apartheid. 
right? You didn't think about Europe immediately following World War II, where there were millions of stateless people sure. just wandering, you know, and these were incredibly divisive periods. And yet we found a way to, 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 uh, to go beyond them. So we have a lot to learn from these examples. And uh, I'll tell you, Jonathan, I'm working on a book project right now sure. called Transcending Tribalism, which tries to learn the lessons of these difficulties and, 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 and how to come. So my study, as much as my sentiment, is what is giving me some hope. You know, I, I think lastly, let me, let me take sure. particular comfort in uh, evidence like uh, the polling of the Pew uh, Research Foundation, which has shown at the level of individual issues, there is far more overlap in the American public, far more agreement, uh, overlap in a Venn diagram sense than there is in the House of Representatives and in Congress. So our problem, in my mind, lies more on the political side of the partisanship than on the basis of the, uh, uh, of, of the American people. And I think that's another reason for hope. That's, that doesn't transcend, in other words, get above the conflict, but it gives us a transcendental or a foundational basis for going forward. And I think eventually we've got to touch ground on that transcendental basis. You know, you brought up a very interesting point that we're looking short term. We live, in, especially in our industry, we look we look in terms of quarterly reports, and what you're talking about cannot be fixed in a quarter. No, and that is that is cert certainly true. And you know, sadly, I think you know, Americans no longer truly study history. Uh, in fact, we hardly read at all. Uh, Martin Heidegger, the, uh, the German philosopher, sure. had uh, a, a wonderful book. And, you know, there's plenty of reasons to, to not like Heidegger, right? <laughs> he was a Nazi. <laughs> well, that's a good reason. You know, Bad but reason. he had a, a wonderful book called What is Called Thinking. And uh, in it, he said the most, and this was just after World War II, he said the most thought-provoking thing about this, our most thought-provoking age, is that we're still not thinking. I think those words can apply to us today. We, we do live in reactionary times, that's for sure. So, so in, your, in your narrative on political polarization, you, you discuss healthcare and immigrant, immigration as two examples of, of the problems confronting us as common issues, which you just discussed. How does real estate factor in? Well, um, user demand for commercial properties, uh, not only offices, but, but retail and, and hotels and even industrials is debilitated by our inability for tenants and for landlords to plan confidently for the future. And so I think the uncertainty in terms of public health is a major reason for holding back on uh, plans for growth. How can you invest in growth if you don't know 
whether we are at the end of the COVID era, which I don't think we are, or whether in my, my pessimistic view, we're going to be at the point of having a million US deaths by this time next year. And I don't think that that's an outrageous forecast because we were already at about 765,000. Yeah, I, I believe more people died of COVID in 2021 than in 2020. You know, because of the uh, uh, two factors, one was the special virulence of the Delta variant. Yep. And secondly, the fact that the percent of the population that is fully vaccinated now stands at 59%. But in more than half the states, we're below 54%. Oh. Down as far as 45%. You know, even the governor of Alabama is saying, get the hell to the, the, the doctor and get yourself vaccinated. You know, so, so that, 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 yeah, people who do not feel comfortable to go out or employers that do not feel comfortable about opening up their place of business, lest there be liability. I think that that's one element on, on the health side. Um, Do you think that that's gonna affect insurance rates as well for owners and, and of companies that need to take out insurance for basically COVID prevention insurance? Is that another factor that's coming in? You know, boy, is that, is that going to be debated in the halls of Congress uh, and amongst the state insurance commissioners, right? Sure. So, so yeah, let's so move on. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, that, that's up. So, so there are, there are myriad health issues, but yeah. you know, to me, let's keep the focus on the big one. And the big one is COVID. And the other one you just mentioned also was immigration. Well, sure. Sure. You know, uh, among all of the uh, inflationary factors that we've been talking about in terms of supply chain disruption, the uh, inability to move containers out of the ports because of a lack of truckers. Yeah. We've got a solution to that. There are tens of thousands of people clamoring to come into the United States who would love to drive a rig. You know, uh, yeah. so uh, and real estate. Uh, you know, think of think about uh, construction workers, right? Uh, now, actually, in the last year, employment in the construction industry, both the basic trades and, and in the specialty trades, has actually risen very nicely, largely because of, of housing demand, right? Yeah, sure. But we're still hundreds of thousands of, of residential and commercial construction workers underneath where we were 10 years ago. We haven't gotten back to a decade ago. And, you know, how and, and that workforce is aging. That is for sure. And so we need immigrants to come in to replenish that labor force. 
uh, you know, we'd have no Erie Canal. We'd have no uh, intercontinental railway system if it weren't for the immigrants. Well, so that's that that's true. You know, uh, I'm I'm in the no Irish need apply uh, 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 cohort. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you, you know. You just take take a look, you know, for just for example. At what we gain, not just in blue collar labor from immigration, but in our uh, intellectual capacity. Look at the innovation that has occurred and that has spurred economic growth that's come from Silicon Valley and how many of the programmers are immigrants. Very take good. a look at you take a look at the elite high schools in New York City, Stuyvesant High School, Bronx Science, Brooklyn Tech. And how many of, of those students are immigrants? Not just not just Chinese. Right. Or children of immigrants or children of immigrants or children. But but Indians, South Asians, you know, people coming from Latin America. You know, these are these are motivated. Economically driven people. And the economy benefits from their energy. So why we continue to deprive ourselves of that energy is frankly beyond me. Well, you know, Hugh, let's let's uh, let's hope that one day politics will once again be defined as the art of compromise and we won't have this particular discussion again. So it's 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 true. You know, that that. And so, you know, I want to thank you for uh, joining us today. All of the top all of the 2021 22 top 10 issues are highly interconnected and indicative of a changing and evolving real estate landscape. We're grateful for your knowledge, Hugh, and contributions to this year's report. Join us next time for another discussion of the top 10 issues affecting real estate. I'm Jonathan Shine, and on behalf of the Counselors of Real Estate, thank you for joining us in this episode of Top 10 in 10.